Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Drone Insights and Technology, a Connexicore podcast. We're going to be talking about real-world topics that will uncover the business of commercial drones and the applications that drive this exciting market. Your host for the series is Frank Segura, CEO and founder of Connexicore, one of the leading industry drone service providers. With each episode, we will be talking with industry thought leaders about how commercial drones are being used right now in all types of vertical markets to save time, save money, and keep workers safe. As a reminder, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to stay up to date with the latest episodes. And now, with no further ado, is our host, Frank Segura. Hey everyone, I'm Tyler Kern. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode where we're getting into the nitty-gritty of drones and their impact on the workforce. And of course, I'm alongside host and drone expert extraordinaire, Frank Segura. Frank, good to talk to you today. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, Tyler. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm excited for the podcast today, and I'm excited to, to get some good insights and, uh, and expertise on the program. Likewise, it's our first podcast indicated, and I'm looking forward to having an awesome uh, 30 minutes of talk and moderation here. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree 100%. And we have a guest joining us today. Uh, he's going to provide insights and expertise on the topic as well. His name is Ken Falk. He's the CEO and founder of Scopito. Ken, welcome. Great to have you on. Thank you, Tyler. Uh, happy to be here and hopefully we can all learn some more today. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about this and excited about the conversation and the insights that you're going to share with us today, Ken. So thank you again for being here. Now, Scopito is a visual predictive maintenance company that enables companies to digitize their infrastructure assets, helping them through maintenance inspections and with governance, risk management, compliance, and more. So Ken, how do you integrate drones into Scopito's solutions and services? Yeah, so basically, you know, Drones enable you to capture a lot of high-quality imagery. And what we focus on is basically after the data has been captured, providing actionable insight on that. So imagine you've captured 100,000 images. Looking through them through Windows Picture Viewer is not super valuable. But if you upload them to Scopito, we can analyze those images and provide you with results of where exactly you have to uh, take action on your assets. Yes, and you know, we find here at Connexicore that over the years, we've accumulated such an enormous data pool of images. And when the drone is flying, it's actually geotagging those images. And when we're analyzing those images for customers, so when we're doing inspections, it takes an enormous amount of time to kind of sort them out. They're not really sitting in a digestible type of portal. So the Scopito software platform, which we white label as Connexicore Cloud, allows us to really uh, do a, a good job with identifying the images. And one of the bigger benefits is each one of those images that's geotagged, it's tied to a location in the United States or anywhere in the world. And we're able to now do map overlays and do not only horizontal inspections, but vertical inspections and locate those individual images where they sit in the uh, location, the construction location or whatever. Yeah, and I think one of the important things about managing your data correctly is also that, you know, automation has to happen. It's super important. And the more data you have, and if it's already structured correctly, you can actually use that to train AI to further improve your, your efficiencies. Exactly. In fact, uh, you know, AI is just 
starting to really come to life uh, in a lot of uh, these software platforms. And Scopito's been on the you know forefront of that technology and doing a wonderful job with doing some test AI sites, utilizing AI for solar panel inspections, windmills, things of that nature. Now we, we get involved in other types of uh, infrastructures, but once the AI you know gets incorporated into machine learning, we have to feed it. You know, AI is all about feeding and machine learning. And the more we feed it with data, the more it learns and it becomes more of a workforce multiplier versus having to manually inspect uh, every item. I, I agree. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, one of the things, Ken, as uh, as I learned more about Scopito and a, as I read up on, on what it is that you do, one of the terms that kept coming up was predictive maintenance. So how critical has drone technology been in supporting the predictive maintenance work that you do? So uh, critical is probably the answer. Drones basically started everything for us. You can say that drones allow you to capture much larger amount of images in a much higher quality than was financially feasible before. Um, so, and, and you need all of this data and high quality and high volume to start doing predictive maintenance work. Um, so yeah, basically I would say 90% of all the data that flows through our platform comes from drones. And one of the things that as, as we talk about predictive maintenance and AI and machine learning, it's the the results of that are only as good as the data you put into it, right? So you have to have full reliance that the that the data you're putting in is good in order for AI and machine learning to then give you actionable insights that you know that are positive that work, right? Isn't that kind of all part of the puzzle? Yeah, the, you you can sort of split it into two categories. I would say one is that if you have very structured way of capturing your data, so let's say you fly a solar farm, let's even go down and say the same solar farm uh, from the same angles with the same equipment from the same altitude, then you don't need very much data to train, but let's say you wanted to apply that algorithm across all your solar farms at different lighting conditions, the, the panels might be slightly different. The more deviations you have around what you need to detect, the higher volume of data is also needed. Here at Connexicore, we've utilized the, not not really the AI component uh, for every single client, but we look at the platform as kind of a, a workflow improver. Uh, so we had a very smart customer out on the West Coast. It was the Bank of Italy. And the architect came back to us and found us and said, listen, we have a very historic building we're getting ready to retrofit. And there's portions of the building that are historical and we want to preserve them. Then there are areas of the building that have quite a bit of damage that we want to identify. And the only way for us to really get up there and do the identification of the problems is we need to erect a 300-foot scaffold system in two phases. We need to erect a scaffold to inspect the structure on where we're going to tie in the scaffold. So they needed a scaffold just to identify where the scaffolding was gonna be tied in and secured. Then when that was completed, they needed to tear down the scaffold and then re-erect a new scaffold that was gonna bear the weight of all the equipment 
cement, the tools, all the various components that they needed to do the retrofit work. So we got contacted from this company that, you know, landed on our Connexacore cloud page. And they said, you know what, this makes sense. Let's give this company a call. They gave us a call and they said, listen, this might sound kind of strange, but we're thinking about doing our entire tower facade and have it inspected with a drone. But we need to identify all of the features on the building, all of the anomalies on the building and whatever else you can discover before we can scaffold it. So we said, sure, we can do this. And they were gonna spend well over $100,000 scaffolding uh, both phases. We came in, we surveyed and mapped the entire infrastructure facade on all four sides. We did it on a weekend in two days, completed it for under $20,000 and gave them more data than they could imagine because each floor had its own folder. It was tagged differently. And believe it or not, when we got to the top of the tower, we found some anomalies that you could not see from the ground. Hmm. And one of the very large anomalies that was a huge liability was a piece of copper um, on the cupola. So there was a very ornate cupola at the top of the tower that went from a cupola to a spire. And the ornate piece of copper was dislodged 100% from its base mount. Oh, wow. And it was sitting on top of the cupola diagonally, just sitting there waiting for a gust of wind uh, to take it and blow it down to the ground. And it had to weigh at least 40 pounds of sharp metal copper. So we found that and the customer had to actually hire a helicopter because there was no way to access it easily and grab it. But we discovered it and, you know, we became a huge asset for them for just that piece alone. And then when we put the report together and we did the analytics on all of the anomalies, which took our team, you know, about three days, uh, we, we saved them, you know, well over, you know, $75,000 by doing it, utilizing you know, Connexacore Cloud, the Scopedal platform, and things just skyrocketed from there with regards to doing facade inspections, facilities management for pavement. We did not use the AI to look at anomalies in that case because we weren't really sure how much data we were going to find where we were able to, you know, accumulate that data to be able to do any type of learning. But the more information we start to gather as we use the platform, the more data we can feed back to Scopito and they can create, you know, their algorithms based on some of the things that we're doing. Um, that's why I'm saying it's kind of a work in progress trying to get the AI component uh, in integrated into our workflow with regards to us working with our clients. But it's a, a terrific platform to, you know, very, very quickly sort all of those images. And I believe on that project, we had over 5,000 images and each of those images were shot at, you know, 20 feet distance. And you could see the granules in the concrete. That's how much detail you can see. Wow. So we, we found this customer to be a very intelligent customer by finding us and actually asking us, can we do this? And can Connexacore Cloud, it looks like Connexacore Cloud can do what we think it can do. Can you give us some more information? And it turned out to be a very large customer of ours which kind of spurred on a whole new industry for facade inspections for Conexacore. 
Yeah, I, I think you know the health and safety aspect is also a very important aspect that you know one you reduce hazardous man hours people climbing in uh, hard to reach areas and as you mentioned you know you can find stuff that really puts people at risk uh, we had a, an inspection i think a couple of years back that was carried out after what you're describing so a big piece of concrete fell like i think it was 100 feet down on a parking lot and luckily no one was hit by it but you know that is the risk when when you don't know the state of your assets yeah in fact something here in the u.s happened just a few years ago i think it was about 18 months ago is uh, in new york city obviously you know one of the largest cities in the world with some of the tallest buildings a lot of these buildings that are tall were built in the early 1900s and a lot of their facade material is starting to you know, start to deteriorate and corrode. An architect who was inspecting a building was actually struck by a piece of terracotta that fell from one of the towers that the inspection was happening at and killed the architect. So in New York City, we have Local Law 11, and Local Law 11 says, you know, after X amount of years as a building owner, you need to inspect your facade and you need to have it certified. Now, of course, in New York City, it's it's different than other cities. You just can't fly a drone randomly. But there are ways uh, around the system where if you can get to the right people and explain your uh, risk mitigation, you can get permission to do those types of inspections. But I think long term, you know, cities across the, the country as well as the world are seeing the benefits of getting a drone up, doing that inspection, and possibly saving someone's life from a piece of, um, you know, something as small as a piece of terracotta tile that's, you know, two inches by two inches that falls from a, a tower that can kill somebody instantly, as well as, you know, save a lot of hassle and money in having to scaffold structures. So we see a lot of benefit of, you know, drones in general all across many industries, the power and utilities industries, insurance industries, disaster and recovery. We have a, a ton of case studies where the drones were you know, brought in very quickly. We got the results and we put a lot of those results into Connexicore Cloud so we could review those with the customer. Right, absolutely. And you know, Frank, there was a there was another example. Um, I think back in maybe 2014 in Chicago, where a uh, a piece of a facade of an old church fell and hit a woman on the street, and she she died as well. And so there are examples of this happening. Right, um, it's it's not just a, an isolated thing. I suppose is that uh, this is a, this is a real issue, right? Oh gosh, you know, it's an issue. And I think the world in general is starting to slowly adopt uh, UAS technology as being a, um, a, a good technology. Now, just like anything else, you could take a technology that's really good for, for mankind and for in industry, and it does good things. But then you have your, you know, your cowboys and Indians out there that are flying drones next to airports without permission, mm -hmm. and they're being cited. And... Um, you know, a lot of people are not following the rules, but that's that's nothing different than, you know, driving a car without your driver's license because maybe you have a DUI because you were drinking and driving. There's nothing stopping that person from jumping back in the car and driving 
It's just a matter of, you know, implementing the laws and hopefully prosecuting people that are using drones in a, a detrimental way. Here at Connexicore, you know, we use the latest technology to be able to show that we're avoiding risk by using this technology. And we try to follow all of the FAA regulations and the rules. And when we're doing autonomous flight and we're gathering images, we're gathering enough data so we can do that flight one time. And then a lot of the work gets done in the back office, you know, such as using the Scopedo platform where we, we could spend weeks on a single project uh, analyzing what we just went up and inspected. So I, I think in general, the industry is, they're adopting it. In fact, construction companies now are starting to incorporate drone technology into their workflow. And if we talk about COVID, that's another case of, you know, your, your typical day for a construction and executive would be to visit a site, you know, get on a plane, go to a site, visit the site, do an inspection, shake a bunch of hands, talk to people about the conditions, talk to subcontractors. Now with COVID, they, you know, a lot of construction companies are trying to avoid that, that particular habit uh, as much as they can. So what they're doing is they're deploying drone services a lot like Connexicore to be able to go in and do a lot of those site surveys from a distance. And we may be flying those drones doing a site survey, but a lot of times we're gathering more information than that project executive would from a single drone. And when we talk about inspecting, you know, for that project executive to inspect something at the sixth story of a commercial building, they have to get a bucket truck. They have to go up, look at the sixth story. They have to write up their notes, their summary. And that's how typically, you know, that work is done. Today, we can do that inspection. We can upload those images into our form and we can sort them floor. We can sort them per anomaly, add tags to them and really help them out. So I think our business at least has kind of exploded uh, from the COVID because people realize that, hey, maybe it's not as important to visit the site. Maybe we can use, utilize this UAS technology to do the job for us. We're still you know, in that early adoption phase in a lot of industries, but I would say in construction and utilities, they've already started to see the value. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I would also say that for us, we've seen a significant increase in business uh, during the pandemic. Yeah, companies really realized that the need to travel on site can be uh, significantly reduced through digital tools. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a really interesting aspect of this uh, of this pandemic is just the way that it has maybe enhanced the the need for certain technologies. And I think that move, probably moving forward that we'll see that trend continue. Right? Uh, sometimes there's that uh, there's that initial jolt of progression that you need when it comes to technology that uh, that certain circumstances bring about that then continues a trend. So uh, for both of you guys, do you see the pandemic really being a catalyst for more drone usage moving forward? And, and how do you think that this impacts the industry long term? Yeah, I, I definitely think it's a catalyst. We see it in our numbers. The graphs are going up uh, quite significantly for for the usage. Um, and you know, it's sort of forcing people on companies to think how things can be done in a more remote uh, manner and a more optimized way. Yeah, and we see, um, we get calls every day that are, 
we'll say like facilities management companies that are trying to sell properties. And in order for them to sell these large commercial properties, a lot of times they have to do an inspection of some sort, and it may be a building envelope inspection, uh, or they have to prove that the roofing is intact and there are no uh, infrastructure issues or water infiltration coming you know, through the roof and the facade and all the structural components. In order to do that, if their building is in another city and the owners are in another city, they have to go out, they have to hire an inspector for various trades. That inspector has to, you know, get on a ladder or somehow get to the roof, uh, do some manual intervention with the FLIR camera, and the FLIR camera would be a handheld camera, where the drone, from a distance, we can fly the entire, we're doing a building right now in Illinois, it's a 3 million square feet, and they want the entire roof inspected thermographically, and we're basically flying a mission over the roof. We're capturing thermal imaging and we're uploading that thermal imaging, which has a geotag into Connexacore Cloud, you know, AKA Scopito. And we're doing our analytics without that facilities or property management company having to go on site and get a roofing inspector. And nine times out of 10, the data that we're getting back is just almost so much detail that we have to actually help them and interpret the information because most people are not used to looking at you know thermographic imaging or close visual inspections at such a closeness that they have no idea what they're looking at so it's it's really great to have these tools in our pocket and be able to deploy a drone from 100 yards away and not have to interact with anybody on site you know we're flying an autonomous mission uh, that drone is flying crosshatch patterns across that roof. We're doing obliques around the facade. We're getting that data back the same day. And by the next day, we're doing the interpretation for the client. And before the week's over, they have that data in their hands and not a single person walked that roof. So we're finding that to be hugely valuable for, you know, not just the construction, but industries out there such as insurance and facilities management compliance mm -hmm. in New York City, that compliance for local law 11, that's going to become a major issue for a lot of these property owners. And they're going to push the you know state to say, listen, we're going to allow drones to fly New York City, uh, but here are the rules. Fortunately, we are one of the pioneers in that region. So we have had some success with getting approval through various methods. Yeah, I think that I have an interesting case also regarding less need for travels. We had the biggest TSO in Denmark um, carry out some inspections um, over a river crossing. And they, from the images, they saw that the surface of the power lines had like a weird kind of sandblasted surface and they didn't know basically if it was a problem or what caused it. And they had a consultant in Canada, and this is Denmark, Europe, that they have flown in previously. And had we not done the inspection, they would have flown this guy in. They would have added a cart to that power line uh, wow. and have him inspect it on site. And, you know, in this case, uh, they could just fly up a drone. They didn't even have to turn off the power. And he didn't have to travel from Canada to Denmark. He could just sit as his computer and and do the analysis 
Yeah, that's incredible. And uh, I remember looking at that particular inspection online, uh, Ken, and when I show our clients that inspection, it, it's truly amazing because little things like a lightning strike, you know, a lightning strike hits hit the power cable. It may not completely destroy it, but it will singe it. And from the ground or from, you know, even aerial, you know, manned aircraft, you're not going to get that type of detail. And when you're looking at it, you know, the power line is 300 feet up in the air. And then all of a sudden through the drone image being such high resolution and utilizing Copito to be able to zoom in and isolate that one little lightning strike, it's amazing. And we actually use that particular inspection for a lot of our demonstration purposes. I mean, you can get down to the cotter pin where if there's a cotter pin that is flipping from a nut, you can see that. So it, it really is truly amazing and the technology is just going to get better. Uh, we see even fixed wing aircraft doing uh, longer flights with higher megapixel images, like 40, 40 to 50 megapixel on a lot of our very large property sites. So yes, it's, you know, it's amazing. And an interesting fun fact about that lightning strike you're mentioning, that was not what we were supposed to find, uh, but we found that lightning strike. and. It turns out they could see in their systems that there was a big short circuit on that line um, seven years before we did that inspection. Wow. And they went on site, inspected it, concluded nothing was wrong, and they basically inspected for seven years with helicopters without finding it. And, <laughs> you know, this is this is a wire where seven strands were actually uh, severed. Uh, so it was quite a big damage. Um, but you know, flying from helicopter at a distance, you won't necessarily find these issues. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Well, guys, as we start to, to wrap things up, I know we could probably talk for another couple hours um, about all of the different topics and all the different things that there are to discuss when it comes to uh, when it comes to drones and what we're discussing today. But uh, Ken, I wanted to ask, you know, we hear from companies that have deployed drone solutions at scale. They found them to be a workforce multiplier. What exactly does that mean to you? And, and how do drones really multiply any given company's available workforce? Kind of talk me through the efficiencies that, that drones create and, and what that allows for companies to do. Yeah, so I think workforce multiplier is a very good term. It it basically means that with a certain amount of resources, you can get more work done. Um, so, you know, Frank had an excellent case with the building facade inspection. Um, imagine you have to build a whole scaffolding along the, the facade. And as he said, you had to build this whole structure to build an even bigger structure. Uh, where the drone could complete that in a few days. And I think it, it's the same thing we see other places. Uh, if you need to climb a big steel tower, there's a lot of safety issues there as well. So things do take longer than, than you would expect. Whereas the drone, you can just fly up. You don't have to cut the power. We see a lot of stuff done within wind turbines also where uh, traditionally they, they climb uh, to the top of the turbine stop the turbine and then go down with ropes uh, to inspect the, the turbines and it just takes a lot longer time. Um, so with drones you can do it faster and you get much higher quality data. Yeah, I, I concur with that. And as kind of a concluding example, another example, 
is um, cell phone towers. You know, you have thousands, tens of thousands of cell phone towers in North America and around the world. And traditionally, they would have cell phone tower inspectors climb these towers just to find out what was needed to go up and do the work. Well, sometimes the climbers would be actually, when they get to the top, they would find that there's a hawk's nest or a, uh, an eagle's nest or maybe a gigantic hornet's nest, and they would be attacked by either the, the hawk or the falcon or the uh, hornets. Oh. And that posed a very dangerous scenario for that tower climber. Well, with a drone, you can you know ascend very quickly. You can identify if there is a nest up there. And if the nest is a uh, species of animal that needs to be taken out very carefully, uh, you get the right resources to come in before you do the work. And here in this... Um, this world of high high bandwidth with telephone network technology, cellular technology, every tower that's moving from 4G to 5G is going to need to be inspected because there's going to be additional technologies added to these towers. So the need for quick inspections without that danger potential, there's an example of a workforce multiplier. Let, let's figure out what's at the top of the tower first. Let's do some analytics. So let's see how much real estate is out there before we bring a climber up to do the actual work. So I'll say that as kind of a concluding use case when we talk about workforce multiplication. Yeah, I, I think it's a super valid input what Frank is saying that, you know, some companies argue that, well, we have the climber there already, so we'll just do the repair so it's not an extra cost. But when you actually dig into the numbers, the planning phase can save you so much time and effort. Um, being on site, if you have to turn off power and you realize you don't have the right equipment, um, it it and and you have to go forth and back, then suddenly it's double the time. We actually saw also in Denmark we had um this is also one of the transmission companies they needed to plan changing an insulator and they actually didn't know exactly what equipment was on the tower they didn't have those records so they could bring up previous inspections and it wasn't an extra cost because they all had the, those areas inspected and they could see exactly the components they needed and they said normally they would actually have a climber climb up there beforehand to figure out the equipment and, and then another funny story was that for that insulator type they needed a, a very specialized bracket and they couldn't find it at the workshop. Um, so they brought up the pictures and they could see they had actually left that bracket on the tower from the last time they were there. Um, so it's just, yeah, interesting stories that when you have that data available and you can plan things, uh, then you save a lot more time than, than you initially thought. Yeah, no doubt. And I do want to thank my friend and business colleague, Ken Falk from Scopito for contributing to this, our very first podcast for Connexicor, Drone Insights and Technology. And Tyler, thank you very much for moderating this session. And uh, I look forward to other sessions in talking about drone forever. Perfect. Thank you for having me.
Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you again, Ken, for uh, for joining us today on the podcast. And of course, Frank and I are going to be back with, uh, with plenty more episodes of Drone Insights and Technology. So like I said at the beginning, if you're not subscribed on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you're going to miss out on episodes. So make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you leave a rating and a comment and let us know what you think. If there are any topics that you want us to hit on the podcast, let us know there in the comments and we'll make sure to find guests and uh, to get Frank's insights on, uh, on all of the various topics because there are a million different avenues for us to explore when it comes comes to drones these days. So again, make sure you subscribe there on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'll be back soon with more episodes of the podcast. But for Frank Segura, I'm Tyler Kern. We'll talk again soon. We hope that everyone has enjoyed and learned something on this episode of Drone Insights and Technology. And until next time, please remember, it's not about the drone. It's about the data.